Dude, have you seen <sighs> Butt Boy? What do you think? Joe, <laughs> listen to me right now. This is, I'm telling you, let me tell you, I got favorite movies, okay? No, don't there, say it. There, Apocalypse Now. <laughs> there Will Be Blood. Yes. One of the great movies, but Butt Boy, I put just under There Will Be Blood. What is Butt Boy? Butt Boy is one of the funniest, craziest movies I've ever seen in my 2020? Film. Yeah. I mean, it's basically about, a, I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't know. Okay, yeah, there you go. It's basically about this guy who starts sho shoving stuff up his ass, oh, no. and basically <laughs> like starts shoving people into his ass, and a, and and, and this this detective, this detective like figures it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is so good. Shut the fuck up. And the guy who plays the detective is such a great actor. That guy, he's because he, he plays it dead serious. Like it's like dead. That's the only way you could play it. There's not a glimmer in it of of him trying to like wink at the camera. Oh my god. And it is so good. You have got to watch it, man. It is so funny. It's like one of the funniest movies I've seen. This is Peter, and you're listening to the Night Party Podcast. I hope you enjoy it, because I don't. Yeah, baby. Butt boy. That's what we're doing today. You guys like butt stuff? Hey there, bats. Have you ever done butt stuff? Yes, indeed. The butt stuff has been So I found out about this movie via what you just heard. Um, okay, you know what? First, let's just get sponsors out of the way uh first off caps and cork at 21 rancho square at the borderline of american canyon in vallejo if you live in napa and you are just tired of wine you know maybe you work in industry i know a few people that do go to caps and cork but what about if you live in vallejo and you're tired of fentanyl and hypodermics go to caps and cork they have a full line fridge of quality beers you can't get anywhere else i'm telling you there's beers i've seen there i've never seen anywhere else and all the time they have new selection buy nine get one free also they have undercover wines such as godfather 2017 sin which i cannot recommend enough also shout out to my brothers over there at pot is killing me uh they are patreons i do respect their show it is very good um shit i mean I think at this point they're killing it more than I am, but so that means up on you. By the way, we lost a Patreon member today. They're not dead, but they might as well be. Also, fucking rest in peace to Jerry Springer. That really sucks. I grew up on Springer. Very entertaining, you know. Um, you'd be at home 1993, 1994, 
sick from school and Springer would be on and you're like, oh, this is better than MTV. <laughs> it was crash TV, man. It was good times. It was uh, Howard Stern on steroids, kind of. I, I really, it really sucks that, especially, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, like his parents came over from, from concentration camps and he told the story on Corolla's pod once. And uh, I don't know if you could look it up if you can try. Um, but he, he starts like, he gets to tears about just how much of a hard life he had, you know, and he was also in politics and everything else, but everyone just remembers him as this crash TV ringmaster. And, and that's actually wasn't really the case. You know, it, he kind of just fell into that and people thought it was entertaining, but I mean, really smart guy and, um, great talent. Um, time for my final thought. Uh, let's raise a glass to the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. He was, dude, even was sacrificed at a Guar concert. I mean, how fucking cool is that? All right. Thanks, Jerry. For all of you've done for us. Um, yeah. So Caps and Corkpot is killing me. Check them out as well. Um, if you like typo negative or you just like music in the '90s in general or Mortal Kombat, they're definitely worth a listen. Um, I cannot recommend recommend them enough. They're just one of those niche podcasts that that feels my. Uh, feels my need you know it's like sometimes do you ever listen to a podcast and you're like oh shit this podcast was made for me like i know everyone's into true crime and everything else and i tried to listen to a bunch and the only one i really like was monstro was amazing uh dark topic is amazing dead bugs amazing even though he's a little crass but i like that um sword and scale of course and then you know everyone listens to rogan and everyone not listens to him and then you have Corolla and you know he's went downhill because every time there's someone more talented than him, he fires them um but just like Springer was just that guy where he filled every niche you know oh let's not even mention Opie and Anthony I fucking miss them to death I've been listening to uh if you have Spotify you could look up the Patrice O'Neill archive and it has all of his appearances on Opie and Anthony and those are the best episodes anyway so you can go and do that I'm rambling that's what I'm doing um Sorry, I had I had a really dramatic week at my uh, at my normal career, so it's been a little weird. This is me sober, by the way. I love saying that because I love it when we have Antonius over and we're smoking or we're drinking, and it's everything is just free form. And it's not that I don't like public speaking or anything. I it's just I don't like to hear my own voice a lot. Um, in the microphone, it's fine, but afterward it's cringe, but I kind of like doing a little monologue before seeing how this is going to be a monologue. I don't want to just jump right into it. You know, it's kind of cool to uh, see how you guys are doing. hope you're not having drama at work like I have been. Um, let's see what else. Oh, shout out to Canada. You guys are now been my number two for a month in a row and you guys didn't jump on board for a long time. Oh, in Japan. Jesus Christ. Thanks, Japan. I don't know if it's because of the... Uh, I don't know if it's because of the Macros Plus episode, but for whatever reason, Japan, we now have uh, two followers, which is pretty cool. And I, I've been 
trying to get into them for a minute because uh, Japan rules. They're just better than us in every way. They just are. I drive a Toyota for a reason. Anyway, <clears throat> shall we get into this movie? You just heard Duncan Trussell promote the shit out of it. And I was at work. I think I was driving to work or was I at work? No, I was at work. Uh, I was setting a table at Jim Mitchell's Bruco. And um, <clears throat> I was just listening to this. And when he said, butt boy, I was like, what? And then he started talking about how great of a movie it is. You just heard the clip. I was like, there's no way. Like, there's th this movie can't exist. And then so right then and there, I look it up. And there's like five Blu-rays left on it on Amazon. And I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm not gonna buy this movie. Um it and, and the cover looked hilarious. And of course, I Googled the trailer, which I have for you right here. And I think if I press this button. So what do you do? Detective. You look like every detective ever. Oh yes. Ow. He's got the, the greasy hair and the uh the earring. Looks <laughs> so good. You look good. What about you? What? What do you do? Potential tragedy strikes Critica County today as law enforcement have yet to make any headway on the missing child that vanished from Kathman Park this morning. So you're asking me to go off this theory you got about a white married male who happens to be a father living in the suburbs of Critica County, who also happens to be your AA sponsor, has been secretly running around, cramming objects, animals, and children up his ass. Then he somehow digests them, and he does this in sprays, almost in serial killer fashion. Is that about it? Uh-huh. So, yeah, um, this movie is very out there. Um, it was made, and by the way, never say the fucking word pandemic to me. Just say quarantine, because let's just say what it was. It was an absolute demonstration of control. That's as political as I'm going to get, but... You know who you fucking are, and I really, really hope you don't sleep well at night. But this was made in 2019 and then released in 2020. And apparently it got kind of a cult following because 
it was streaming before it was even released on anything. And I think just word of mouth came around. They didn't print too many DVDs or anything of it or, or Blu-rays. I had to get it on Blu-ray. They didn't have it on DVD. And I couldn't find it streaming. Um, I think it's streaming on YouTube, but you have to pay for it. And I don't pay for YouTube. Um, I support the people that support me. So if you do have Spotify, I do recommend listening to me on Spotify or on Podbean. With that being said, um, just like Duncan said, this movie is not stupid. It sounds like it's a funny porn movie or whatever. And it really does. And it's not it. The detective in here is mag fucking God damn. He's magnificent, dude. I just, I just watched this to prep. It is. What is it? It is 10 Oh two now. Um, as I look at my watch, but I started watching this at around eight and I, I was taking severe notes um, this movie does have a lot of drawn out scenes where you could tell that they were trying to stretch their budget. I don't know what the budget was. F furthermore, I don't even know who the actors are and everything. I had to switch over the back of the cover and you don't even know who they are. But the uh, main character, Chip, was actually the writer director. But I'm telling you, man, the, the far and runaway performance is, is the detective. It, he makes this movie. And like he brings this energy as if this movie was seven, you know, he really, really just brings it and no bullshit. There's times in this movie where you're looking at their character interactions and you forget this movie's called fucking butt boy. That's how good it is. I mean, it is like, there's a scene, you know, the scene in heat where, Pacino and De Niro sit down. He's like, you do what I do. I do, you know, and you do what you do. There's a scene in this movie that's just like, a couple of them, actually, that are just like that, where the tension, you could cut it with a knife. There's even some Fincher-esque things in this movie that are really... They're, they're just... Awkward, but at the same time, super serious. Um, like, there's a couple of scenes in here that seems like you're being called into HR, and then there's certain scenes where it seems like you're hanging out with your buddy who you know is fucking your wife, but you just can't prove it. That's the only way I could describe... Obviously, I went through both those life experiences. This is the only way that you could actually describe this movie um, with the uh, detective character. But this movie is great. It is very low budget. It is very culty. Um, yeah, it's not retro. Is it horror? Is it comedy? Is it suspense? It's got a little bit of everything. It it really doesn't fail, but I think the reason why this movie failed was obviously it had zero budget. Obviously, it came out during the quarantine. And also too it di it didn't really have a big reach i mean no one was really doing anything besides streaming stuff i don't think this movie would have done well in theaters it's definitely a passion project it's definitely a good movie it's super unique and unlike dunkel uh dunkel <laughs> unlike duncan i wouldn't put it in my favorite movies at all i i would i wouldn't even put it in my top 100 but is it worth a watch Hell yeah, it's worth a watch. This movie is definitely weird. 
Let's fuck this pig, shall we? Okay, so we start out. And, oh, by the way, this got 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to give it a higher bump than that. I'm going to say this is a good 76. And 71, I thought, was very generous. Oh, the audience score was something like 48. But I'm going to give it a little bump just because the detective character's solo performance... And his interactions with Chip are just that good. It makes the usual suspects seem like rated G or badly scripted. Also, too, the music is fantastic. I'm playing it in the background. The music in this movie is great. It's not as good as like It Follows as a indie film, but it is. It is great. All the music in this is great. The scenes are shot really well. You could tell when they did this, they were fans of film because of the way things are shot, including the mon- uh, montage scenes. Um, they, they're they're so good. There's a few of them in here. Um, you could tell they were really stretching their budget. Um, if I were to guess, I would think this thing had probably about a $200,000 budget, maybe less. I read something that was $100,000. I'm like, are you fucking serious? You can't even distribute something with that. So I don't know. Um, there's not too many locations. Movie takes place in about two weeks, maybe three. I think three weeks. Yeah, it sounds right. Oh yeah, it does because oh sorry, excuse me. Um, every act is based around the AA meetings that they have. Well, let's just get into it. So we start out right, and you have this suburban bored IT guy. You know, and he's sitting there and one of his one of the guys that he works with is getting a promotion and his boss, his supervisor is like that guy, you know, the super energetic, like rah, rah, rah. And whenever anyone gets like a promotion, he's like, I don't know, but I've been told or what he goes. No, he goes like, uh, my name is Brett and I'm here to say. Someone's moving up in TVA. We got a promotion coming on. And he, and he's the whitest guy you know. It's so cringy. But then it's great because they pan throughout everyone that works there. And you have every minority and, and, and everything like there. Including uh, like, you know, there's a dwarf and there's like. But then we just pan to this character Chip. And he's our main character, if you will. And, um. He's flat, schlubby, half, oh, excuse me, half drooling, doesn't, uh, yeah, is, is very much not there, you know, like vacant. And, um, we don't really know what this company is. We later find out that they're actually a solar panel roofing company, but you actually have to watch this movie twice to even notice that. Um, anyway, so it's a lot of rah, rah, rah and, and everything's fine. Right. And then we see him go home and remember I said, he's lonely. He's got a very hot wife and she's on the phone. He just goes in to give her a kiss and she's like, what, what, what is it? What is it? What, what? I'm on the phone. Stop. What are you doing? And they have a new kid, newborn baby, you know, and she's more interested in. It seems like they made a mistake. 
like there's even a line where he says, you know, I, I knocked the wrong girl up and we just got married. So we see a scene where, you know, he's just laying down with, with the baby and, and, you know, she's sleeping in the room. He's sleeping on the couch and, um, he's got a doctor's appointment coming up. Um, according to the wife, you know, and she's like, Oh, you got this doctor's appointment. I don't know. And, uh, so he goes in and it's a prostate exam. So, you know, he's a little bit older than me, I guess, if he's got to get a prostate exam, even though I look a lot older than he does, I guess red wine is actually turning against me. You son of a bitch. Why have you forsaken me? I'm yelling at my glass. This doctor's super creepy, by the way. Um... He's putting on his gloves, and I don't know if you've ever done butt stuff, but he's not doing it the right way because he just jams two fingers in. I didn't see any lube applied. At least he's wearing a glove, but still, I mean, oof, look pretty painful. But then you see Chip, and he goes, oh, all right, okay. He goes back to his wife and they're having uh what (laughs) i wrote down here married sex here's what i mean and girls you are so fucking guilty of this and you need to straighten this shit up and you need to knock this shit off if you are married and you do this like you your man will cheat it's just a matter of time or woman but i'm not playing that woke shit anymore i'm i'm really fucking sick of it your dude will cheat Meaning, I'm going to keep my shirt on and I'm just going to lay down and just wait for you. That is disgusting in so many ways. Well, anyway, he's kind of being gross, too, because he has like his shirt on with his uh, with his tie. And he's just pumping away. But he's not looking at her. He's thinking she's staring at him. And then, you know, she seems totally bored. He puts her hand on his butt on his left butt cheek and she's like what are you doing and he goes just try it and she's like no and he goes come on just try it and then she goes we're done and by the way his wife is super hot it really sucks that she's a cunt no she's a little too young for me but you know their age difference seems pretty huge if he's going to a proctologist or your uh sorry urinologist because he if he he might be 40, but they depict him a little bit older than that. She's like in her early 30s. Anyway, this is a little discrepancy I have. I can tell why they use her, though, because she's hot as fuck. Um, so anyway, he goes and takes what I call a jerk shower. Oh, guys, you know what this is. This is when something happens in the bedroom where she's like, I'm done or whatever, and, and they become cold and frigid as they sometimes do. I don't know. I don't have a kid, but apparently, like, when girls have kids, sometimes they could do this. Or they get super horny. I don't know. I, I've i heard both, but... And I'm not shitting on you females or anything. I'm just saying, like, you know, this wife does make me a little upset, and, you know, you're you're kind of, like, guilty by association. So he goes to the shower, and he's just staring and miserable and hates life. And then he sees this bar of soap. <laughs> and you see him grab the bar of soap and you kind of know what's going on, right? 
And uh, it's like calling to him like a siren's call, like, oh, oh, grab me. And he's like, all right, fuck it. And uh, anyway, <laughs> then we cut to him doing some yard work and they nerd him up so bad where he's got like a floppy hat and he's got like that green like suntan shit on his nose. And she's like, honey, do you see the remote? And he's like, no. And she's like, I could have sworn it was right here. And he's like, nope. And uh, then he turns around, like kind of has a guilty look on his face. And, and she goes, oh, by the way, I'm going out today. And he goes, with the girls? She says, yeah. And he goes, when will you be home? And she says, late. Now, I thought this was going to be a plot point in the movie that she's cheating on him because that's what it sounds like to me. Then again, I'm a paranoid person. I spot bullshit a mile away. Maybe she is just hanging out with the girls. Then again, she's not true interested in him. So, But they never really shed light on this. But when I watched it, I assume she's cheating. That's just me. Obviously, I've been wronged in the past. So, um, when he finds out that she'll be out late, right? This leaves him uh, to be alone, right? So, as she leaves, um, you see him look around the house and then we see the dog little tiny cute little doggy you know and we just see the dog and we get the we get the impression that he shoves it up his ass you know so then the next day they go to put out flyers to look for the dog you know and they're calling his name and they're putting it out right and um chip's got their baby on his like you know shoulders you know like with a little wrap pack or whatever i don't know what you call it but it like wraps around your front kind of like a kangaroo and um he sees a blonde woman with a baby and he just says to his wife you know what i'll finish up here hanging up these flyers for our missing dog take the baby and uh you know i'll meet you back at the house now that's all we see But we are to assume he did something because we don't know. Well, anyway, the next day the cops come and knock on the door and they're like, hey, this baby is missing. Not their baby, the blonde woman's baby, right? And they're like, what? And they go, "Where was your husband in the park? Were you in the park? And they go, yeah. And so they start questioning him. And in and, and you think, oh, no, something's going to happen. The cops know something, uh, right? You know, shit's going to get, like, weird early. Oh, excuse me, guys. Sorry. Um, but, no, that's that's actually not the case. They're like, we're forming a neighborhood watch, so, you know, grab your flashlights and this and that and the other, right? So they go look around, and Chip knows something's up. Now, we don't know, but Chip knows something's up, and then they look around aimlessly for this kid. And then we see Chip just like kind of break down a little bit. And um, he's lying in bed and his wife, his fridge wife, who doesn't care, she's in the corner. And then uh, we uh, see Chip give her a kiss, tuck her in, and he tries to hang himself with a hose. Then it just says nine years later and we get our credits. So nine years later, we get a detective, right? This guy is just what you heard in the intro. 
greasy hair, earring, fucker. This guy, man, this actor, he's so convincing. If it wasn't for this guy, this movie would suck, honestly. Even though Chip directed this and wrote it, um, his character is creepy. But I'm telling you, this detective makes this movie, right? So he walks in this AA meeting, and it's his first time. And, you know, when you go in your first time, you have to tell a story and everything else. And, you know, his name is Detective Russell, by the way. And uh, by the end of the meeting, you have to get a sponsor. So he gets paired up with Chip, right? So they have to go out to, like, dinner and kind of, like, know each other, exchange numbers. So they go out to this uh, uh, diner. Like, it's like a Denny's or something, you know, or a Waffle House, you know. And the detective just slathers his omelet with hot sauce. He carries not only a gun holster, but a double hot sauce holster, which by the way, I'm looking to get one of those because apparently he even says himself that he collects hot sauces from all around the world. I do the same. I have right now under my collect, like my wine collection is smaller than my hot sauce collection, which is pretty funny. And um, that's even me sharing them with people at work that actually hate me. So uh, he is just, and you see Chip getting nervous and he goes, for real though, as your sponsor, you need to lay off the fucking hot sauce. This is, this is getting weird, dude. And they're just talking back and forth like, hey, do you have kids? And, and you, know, do, you know, is there anyone in your life? And the detective uh, says, no, you know, I, no kids, no wife. Maybe that's why I'm an alcoholic. And then Chip goes, yeah, you know, Grass is always greener. I got a girl knocked up and we got married and now she doesn't even want to look at me, you know, kind of thing. And it's really sad, like on both ends, but at least we get a lot of character development just from the scene. It's about a five minute scene. The scene could have went longer because there's some scenes that could have been edited. This movie's not that long though. You know, um, just saying. So now after this, you know, the detective throws down some money and he goes, you know, uh, I, I'll see you next week, I guess. Right. So, um, but Russell before detective Russell starts romanticizing alcohol. Cause he goes, when's the last time you had a drink? And he's just telling about like the euphoria of it, the ritual of it, the cracking of the, of the top, the pouring over the giant ice cube, hearing the ice cube crack, going it from like head to toe, how you feel better immediately, how, you know, all this stuff, right? And we just get a zoom in on Chip, and Chip is like, shit. Now, we see Chip and his family, the kid's now nine years old, because this is nine years later, and they're playing sorry, right? And then um, after this, you know, the wife wins and they go to sleep and I believe Chip tries to initiate sex and she's just like, no. And then, so anyway, he is uh, laying in bed and when she falls asleep, he goes down and he sees the sorry piece. Now, I don't know if you ever played sorry, but the sorry piece does look like a tiny, tiny, tiny little butt plug. And he's just staring at it. And he's walking by and he's like, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know. And then he finally does. You just see him grab it and it cuts, right? And I actually wrote down, he puts a sorry play piece up his ass. So meanwhile, Russell is eavesdropping on his ex-wife. Uh, she is a blonde woman, just saying. And her new husband's a black dude, just saying. The reason why is that's going to come into play later. 
think about that plus hot sauce. And Chip the next day, he goes to work and his boss announces that a plaque is missing. He's like, there's a a pride plaque that we had for great sales in, in our first quarter and it's missing. We're gonna get we're gonna get the bottom of this right away. We're gonna check the cameras, we're gonna get bottom of this, right? And he goes, Oh yeah, and it's bring your kid to work day this Thursday, right? So anyway, uh, Russell, we cut to him. He gets his first AA chip, and he's uh, going, hey, man, um, where is Chip? I mean, he gets his first AA sobriety chip, and then he asks the director, hey, where is Chip? I've been trying to call him. Um, You know, I haven't seen him. And we know this because when Russell went to go visit his ex-wife, he looked to be drunk, but maybe he wasn't, but he was like climbing a tree and he was smoking a cigarette and it's all fucked up, you know? So, uh, either way, um, then we get uh, uh, to see Chip and he's playing some like romantic kind of music and he's just shoving everything around him up his ass. You know, he's just laying down in XC, there's a baby rattle up his ass and there's a lamp he puts up his ass, everything's just going up his ass. Right, he was just about it, about it. KY was not used in the, in any of these scenes, by the way. So now we cut to a police raid. This is a montage of Russell Russell coming in on this drug raid, and he's like, you know, the SWAT team come and take everyone down, and he comes in and he's just interrogating people and just like yelling at them. And there's no music, you know, or there's music, but there's no dialogue because it's like a you know, like a, a, a montage. And then it cuts in the montage at the same time of, of Chip shoving stuff up his butt, right? Let's cut back to uh, the the bring your kid to work day. So the kids are all playing with that really exuberant boss that likes to do white guy rap and they're playing nine seek, right? And then we cut to Russell walking in in the detective's uh, office and he goes, good work on the case. I'm assigning to you another one. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not even done here. Like, I spent eight months on this case. And he goes, now I'm assigning you to another one. And he goes, what the fuck? And he goes, it's a missing kid. Way more important. They're dead to rights. We have missing kids. So then Russell walks in, right? Uh, well, you know, he leaves the camera. Um, he actually goes to the building, believe it or not, where Chip works. Now, the cameras have been wiped. They can't find this kid, right? They're starting their investigation. <coughs> <coughs> They're going to inter- um, interview all of the workers, right? And then uh, this is like one of the most awkward scenes. This is one of the another ones besides the diner scene that really makes this movie. So Russell's sitting at a chair and he's interviewing every single worker. Chip walks in and he goes, oh, well, well. In walks my sponsor. I couldn't get a hold of you for the past two weeks. And then Chip's like, yeah, you know, um, sorry, we had a health scare. I think my wife has cereal palsy. And he goes, what? Oh, yeah, she was just a bit stiff, though, that's all. And he goes, cerebral palsy? Okay. So this is like the first, like, detection of where we know that He's suspicious, and he plays it off so well. I'm telling you, it's worth it just for the detective. He is so fucking good in this movie. Anyway, um, he kind of questions him, and then finally they get the point. He goes, so 
you're the guy, you told me you did computers, turns out you're the head IT guy. You're probably one of the only people that could actually access those those cameras, the you know closed circuit television cameras and delete them. And uh, he goes, well, I suppose so. And he goes, tell me, as my sponsor, as a friend, you'd help me out, right? Because we got a missing kid on our hands. But I'm doing it. I'm not doing it justice. You got to see the scene. Just, oh, it is so fucking good. I mean, I know this movie's called Butt Boy. And I know it's got a ridiculous premise. But I'm just telling you of how well done it is. You know, it's just so well done. So finally, finally Chip goes, look, that could have been my boy. I need him to get him home to his mom, right? So they go through, uh, oh, sorry, he, he, you know, uh, he being Chip takes home the kid and then the wife's pissed. She goes, I want to know you're keeping secrets. She goes through his bag. We see a red floppy disk fall down, which is the closed circuit television, you know, uh, footage. Now, he picks it up and hides it. Um, actually, he runs to the bathroom and tries to shove it up his ass, but he can't. I guess he's full. Remember I told you there was a missing kid? Well, we see... We see Russell, and he's searching the office building that the missing kid went through during the hide-and-seek thing, right? And he finds something, and he's rummaging through chip stuff he he's got a suspicion you know and he finds a hair and he picks it up and the first time you see this movie you're like what the fuck is that but then you realize you're like ew that's a dingleberry gross that was the first dingleberry i've ever seen in a movie i'm pretty sure this is the only dingleberry i've ever seen in a movie or in any movie i've ever seen so either way he puts it in an evidence bag and then uh but his wife's like super pissed, you know, she's like, what the fuck, you know, um, are you drinking again? You know, and he goes that last time I haven't drank in five, uh, you know, whatever years. And she goes, oh, you mean when I saw you hanging from a garden hose? So he can't put it up his butt because he's frustrated or his butt's full or I don't know. So he throws it just like in like where you would stash your toilet paper. You're like underneath the sink, you know. So now we cut back and... Yeah, now we see Russell is following, Detective Russell is following Chip. And he goes to like a humane, or he goes to like an alleyway and traps like a cat, like in a cage, like an alley cat. And then he drives off, Russell follows him, and then you see Chip get out with the cat in the in the carrier. And then um, he's gone. So then Russell comes a couple of minutes later, we see the carrier, the cat's gone, and he finds yet another Dingleberry. Next week at the AA meeting, Russell Russell's just staring daggers in a chip. And Chip's like, Yeah, I'm really sorry. You know, my wife was ill and I've been going through a lot. And he's just staring daggers in him. You know, and then we see Russell is in his car, you know, um, and and Chip comes over and knocks on the window and he goes, Hey, um, my wife wants to have dinner with you and me. And he's like, what now? And he goes, yeah, you know, she didn't know I was in AA and she would like to meet you. 
So they go in and they have spaghetti. Now this fucking bitch. I'm, I'm saying this because if you're an AA, the last thing you want anyone to do is to invite you over to their house and they're drinking Chardonnay at the dinner table. And that's what she's doing. And the bottle is like arm reach from him, like tempting him. Like he could smell it. Now, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but I remember this pissed me off. Now, I'm a drinker. I, I, I'm i cool. But, dude, I respect it if you're an A. If you want to better yourself in any way, shape, or possible, uh, uh, any way, shape, or form, that's amazing. That's great. Good on you. Um, if you want to drink, that's cool, too. But if someone's an AA, be fucking respectful, man. Like, don't drink in front of them. That's why a lot of people in AA don't have friends anymore. It's because all their friends drank. And the reason why they hung out with them is because they drank. It's like, dude, I know it. I, I've I've been to meetings, all right? So I know I'm not an alcoholic. I'm an escape artist. There's a little bit different. So Chip and Russell are praising each other while at the same time trying to figure themselves out. Russell throws up, oh, how's your health? Chip's like, oh, she's fine. Well, luckily, off of one glass, she's a little drunk, so she doesn't understand. They're about to leave. Um, I mean, Russell's about to leave their house, you know, after dinner. And, uh, oh, by the way, during this scene and in the diner scene, I failed to mention, or I did mention in the diner scene, but she goes, are you married? Do you have any kids? And he goes, no, you know, I'm just uh, not that guy. I'm just not wired that way. You know, I'm married to the job kind of thing. Um, that's important. Foreshadowing. So then we get, uh, Russell's about to leave and he goes, look, man. Uh, I had to tell you this, I had to take shit, like, right now. And Chip seems, like, off about it, like, are you sure? And then Russell goes, what, is that, like, a problem? And he goes, okay, bathroom's over there. But you could see Chip getting very nervous. So Russell's taking a dump, and then Chip knocks on the door, which, by the way, you never do. Like, ever. If I'm taking a dump in your house, you, yeah, you, you don't knock on the door. So then, as he's trying to poop, Chip is getting all like, hey, uh, you all right in there? Uh, do, you, do you need help? And he's like, no, man, I'm just trying to take a shit. And he goes, you know what? You should probably use the, uh, the other bathroom. It's, uh, and, and he just keeps pounding on the door. And this makes Russell think something's up. So while he's on the john, he starts looking around, and then he finds that red floppy disk. And he's like, uh, why, why would this be in a bathroom? So finally, Chip actually opens the door, and at the same time, Russell, he's on the john, and he's got his gun out, right? And they have like kind of like a standoff. And then you hear the wife goes, everything okay? And then Chip goes, yeah, the door is just jammed. And Russell goes, yeah, I'm claustrophobic. Uh, thanks anyway. So now Russell leaves, and, and Chip realizes the Chip is gone, so he, he chases after. They get in a high-speed chase, Finally, they pull over in an industrial like part of of uh, uh, the town, and they start getting into it. You know, they start fighting a little bit, and um, Russell gets in his car. He's got the chip. You know, he's got like the evidence and everything else. But all of a sudden, his windows all break and everything else. And he looks in his rearview mirror, and you see Chip bent over, and his asshole is gaping, and he's sucking everything. And like, I I know, I know. 
If you were to take out the butt stuff in this movie, this movie would be fantastic. I think the only reason why they put in the butt stuff is to make it so silly that it was niche. Either way, I, I like it because the end scene couldn't happen without it anyway. So, anyway. Oh, God. So, I'm going off notes right here. Um, Chip and his wife reconnect because of his battle wounds that he got fighting Russell, right? He's kind of beaten up. And he says, like, you know, I'm really sorry. Um, I lied to you about the AA thing. And and they actually start to reconnect. And, it, and it, you know, you feel for the guy in a way, even though he's... You don't really know what to think of. I mean, Russell is the character that you really kind of sympathize with. But then again, you sympathize with Chip, too, in a way. Russell more so, though. So, um... Like I said, this movie is like Heat and Seven put together, if I could just say it, like, uh, in Killer Tomatoes. Just just to say that. Um, so, uh, you know, meanwhile, Russell, drunk, he's drinking because he knows what's going on. You know, he visits his pregnant wife, um, you know, with the black dude, the blonde girl, and he's like, should I call somebody to get your drunk ass out of here? And then after that, we cut to a scene of Russell and he's totally hung over, waking up at a uh, cemetery. And right before this, Russell goes into the chief's office and you heard the clip where he goes, you want me to believe that a married white male who lives in the suburbs is killing people and putting him up his ass in a serial killer fashion. Now he wants his badge, and he goes, oh, I have this disc, got everything on, and he goes, get the fuck out of here, man. So now, after this, we get another, uh, um, we learn via montage, Russell breaks into the cold case file and actually looks up his own kid's murder and realizes the whereabouts of where it was, and he puts two and two together. The child that chip originally shoved up his ass was his child and that was his wife and that's the reason why they broke up now we have vendetta <sighs> so now this this kind of i thought was going to be the climax of the movie but it's not so chip's family is throwing a birthday party for their kid you know and it's a laser tag birthday party and um Russell sneaks in and during their laser tag he actually attacks uh, Chip comes in with his revolver bullets flaying this is a great scene by the way the scene is so good um, it, it just is really cool how it's set up um, uh, you have this overzealous employee going like rule number one rule number two you know and all this stuff and you see these kids shooting lasers and all of a sudden you see a real gunshot and you're like oh shit Chip gets nailed in the uh, leg, the right leg. And then he does his butt power and he sucks in, you know, uh, uh, Russell. And Russell awakes and he's like in this weird Dungeons and Dragons looking insect-like cave. And there's like heat and gas everywhere. and He doesn't know where he is, right? But he finds the kid that was missing, the Asian kid. And the Asian kid goes... 
fart. And then you see Russell like, uh, uh, sorry, uh, you see Chip in the hospital and he goes, but in there it's like, you know, a major event, you know, it causes stuff. So Russell finds the kid and he also finds a dog and all the butt stuff that he's been shoving up his butt, you know, including the channel changer. So then he's walking and he sees like, it looks like the movie Alien or Aliens. Because there's someone cocooned to the wall with poop. And it's his kid. And his kid would be about nine years old now. And he does not speak English or anything. But he knows it's him. And he's like, I'm your daddy. And the kid doesn't even speak. Doesn't know how to speak. And he's just talking to him, right? And then it says one month later. This is where this movie gets dark. And I wouldn't say funny. I mean, I guess you could say it was funny. But it's dark to me. So the... Doctor is going over like Chip's injuries, you know, and examines his butt for internal bleeding, you know. And uh, now we have the poop scene. This scene is gross. Um, so we have the two kids and Russell, and they're saying grace over some undigested shit, and they're eating it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's not like scat porn or anything, but I mean, it's pretty gross. Saying grace over shit is uh, something I will never do, hopefully. And the kid even looks at him and says, you'll get used to it. Now, you got to remember, his kid has been down there for nine years. <laughs> this kid's been in there for a while, and he's been in there for a month. So, uh, finally... When they see the fingers, they actually see the way out, the colon, you know. So they start getting ideas. Uh, so Russell just thinks that they put a bar of soap, right? And the bar of soap goes out the butt. And then they put the uh, challenge changer. Now, keep in mind, when you're in the butt zone, everything is shrunken. Because when they put the little bar of soap, it comes out the size of a bar of soap. So anyway, uh, Chip isn't feeling well. Um, and he's getting like an office promotion. And they're all calling him a hero for taking down this crazy cop. And then he goes, I got to go to the bathroom. And he poops out a bar of soap and also the channel changer. And it's a really disgusting scene. And then you see him go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And you see him take the dog and place it on the front door porch and knock on the door. And he goes, oh, my God, the dog's back. You know, and you're like, what the fuck? Now, yeah, that dog's been up his ass for nine years. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. So then uh, Chip is like, fuck this. Like, this is backfiring on me, you know. So he drinks some, like, colon cleanse stuff, right? And then you see in, in the butthole realm... Um, all this blue stuff just dripping down and one of the kids, the Asian kid touches it and it just starts melting him and he's like, Aah! you know, he's all dying and shit. He's, you know, he's in a, what a way to go, man. Being died from acidity in a butthole realm. It's weird. It's like a Mortal Kombat fatality. So now Russell realizes it's their last chance to get the fuck out of there. So remember I told you you had all those hot sauces? He just starts throwing the hot sauce like, all over the place near the butthole and then he takes out his cigarette lighter and boom now at this point 
Chip is like giving the speech, um, you know, for his AA friends and his workmates and even the cops about like, you know, how he's a hero and this and that, even though he doesn't believe it. You know, he kind of has like the end is near look on his face, especially when you see his last thing where his wife is actually finally not ignoring him and he's ignoring her because he's all worried. Fucker explodes into just meat, right? But then you see uh, Detective Russell and his kid emerge and he walks over to the police chief who's there at this meeting and he hands him the red disc and goes, case closed. Now, some other stuff happens after this. You see the kid go to the hospital and they're cleaning shit out of him and you see the the wife and the husband and you see Russell and he doesn't even say anything to him. He just points to the the room and you know everything kind of works out. I mean, we don't really know. Obviously, I don't think Russell's going to get back with with his ex-wife, but at least they have their kid back. And that's Butt Boy. Remember to follow us and, you know, rank us five stars or whatever, on whatever you're listening to us to. I could be reached at knifepartypod at yahoo.com. Most important thing, though, you could do is go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash knifepartypod. Our, uh, our lowest tier is a dollar, and you can get everything and everything. And I'm going to do live reads, but ad-free when they come up. If you have Apple, that's the only way to get us, uh, basically, because YouTube and Apple have kind of kicked me the curb, and I don't really care anyway. I just, I just do this for funsies. I'm not trying to make money off it anymore. I just really like watching movies and talking about it. If I do make money, that's awesome. So that's why I'm only asking for one fucking dollar. Of course, there's more tiers, and you get more stuff, and all the other stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Patreon's there, and um, I should probably promote the website knifepartypod.podbean.com and um, yeah expect another episode with Antonius on remember I have to do these monologues once in a while because he's only on half the time and that's okay we love him and speaking of love I love all of you and remember to be kind rewind and if I'm not mistaken I need to return some videotapes <laughs>